Today is February 15th, 2019. Major League Talk starts now. What's up? I'm J.D. Johnstone. Welcome to another edition of Major League Talk. I'm always here with Austin, of course. Austin, how are we? We're doing great, J.D. All right, so let's get right into the first topic. Finally, the rumors are done. He has been traded. He is not a Marlin. J.T. Romuto is not a Miami Marlin. He is a Philadelphia Philly. He was traded for top prospects in uh, Sanchez, a catcher and another prospect. What do you think about that, Austin? I mean, it, it's weird. Uh, JD, or not JD, JT is, uh, he's been wanting out for a while, so I mean, it's probably a really good thing for him. A uh, good thing for the Marlins as an organization because you don't really want players on your team that don't want to be there. Like, that's just, all that does is hurt morale. But, uh, I mean, Hopefully these prospects pan out. We know the prospects that they got for Stanton, Yelich, Shozuna. Like none of them really panned out, uh, especially as they'd hoped, uh, considering they got rid of three of their best players. Uh, so hopefully these three come back. And uh, especially now, Jeter. I don't know if you saw this. He said he wants uh, he wants a contending team now. Which, yeah, I don't know why he traded everybody. Yeah, then. like if you want, like he had this whole plan last year about how he was going to wait it out in a couple years, we'll be really good. But now he's like, no, we want a contender now, and then trades Romuto. Like, all right, well, can't do that anymore. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely uh, have to see how that goes out. Uh, you can never really tell. Like nothing, no sure thing in baseball with prospects. So uh, you can always hope for the best, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. But before we get into the Marlins stuff, do you like this trade for the Phillies, though? They acquired JT, obviously filled the need for the catcher role. Um, I think that just brings another power bat in their lineup. I mean, he's a consistent hitter. I believe he hit, like, what, 290-something last year. Like, that's pretty good. And right now, for catchers right now in the MLB, it's not going that great. Uh, Really, catchers are really hard to find right now, especially ones that can hit. They have a lot of defensive ones, but what do you think about it for the Phillies' standpoint, not the Marlins? Oh, it's the, the Phillies have had a great offseason, to be completely honest. Like they've they've came in like the uh, owner was saying, like, oh, we're gonna spend money like crazy, and then uh, they didn't get or they haven't signed uh, Harper or Machado yet. Which, I mean, that's still to be determined because they haven't signed anywhere. But honestly, they signed uh, Robertson, they signed McCutcheon. Uh, like they now Real Mudo, like they they had a really good off season in terms of uh, free agent signings and trades and all that. So I think it's going to look really good for them, especially as a contender for next year. Well, since also now that they also had in the beginning of the off season, they traded obviously for Gene Segura and uh, gave up Crawford to Seattle. Do you think there's still a chance that they're going to sign Manny, or is that just done? I mean, you never know with baseball. Like it, like. From a standpoint of looking at the roster, like, yeah, you could think they're done. They're pretty solid at every position, but uh, the Phillies, like, they have money to spend and they want to compete now, and Machado is definitely better than whoever they have. So, uh, yeah, I don't, you never know, but I think, I think they're set as is. Yeah, my opinion, I think Machado's going there. I really do. I mean, you can say whatever you want. You know, there's these reports now saying the Yankees are totally back in it 
and they had the offer. They gave him like six, uh, seven or eight years, and it was $220 million. You know, I kind of I, – I believe that was true, but I don't know why the Yankees would need him right now. They already have Troy Tulowitzki. They just signed DJ LeMahieu. Like, I just – even if he played first, you have Greg Bird, Luke Voigt, and then now they're talking about maybe even getting Harper again. Like, you, you, I don't think there's any room for these guys, and it's almost kind of like wasting money where you can maybe even wait another year that we always say, that we always say Yankee fans always say, oh, we're waiting till next year for yeah. the big signing. You can go out and try to get Nolan Arenado, but now there's extension talks with him and the Rockies. But I don't really see Machado going to the Yankees, even though they have these reports saying that they're kind of engaged back in talks and they want to meet with him at dinner again. In my opinion, I think he's going to be a Philadelphia Philly. But let's get straight into the next topic. The Marlins, uh, their look on the future. Obviously, they've traded. They had one of the best outfields and that we've yeah. seen in a while in Yelich, Stanton, and Ozuna yep. two years ago now. They traded, obviously, all of them away. Um, Stanton, obviously, being the biggest name after he won MVP. He was traded to the New York Yankees. And actually, I have the guys who they, the Marlins received, just to break this kind of, just to break this down. So the Marlins received in the Giancarlo Stanton deal, uh, Josh Devers, Jorge Guzman, that's actually, I, I think he made his debut last year, flamethrower, and obviously Starling Castro. And for Christian Yelich, they got Harris, Diaz, uh, Diaz is a second baseman. He's supposed to be really good. Jordan Yamato, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and obviously Lewis Brinson, who hasn't really panned out the way the Marlins, I think, hoped for. You know, he played center field last year, struggled a lot, in my opinion. You know, I think he may have a bounce back year. Obviously, there's potential there, but, you know, what do you think about their future and, like, the moves that they're doing right now? I mean, that's the issue with signing so many prospects is you just you don't have, like, a set – uh, thing like when you have when you sign people like Machado and you sign people like Harper, like you know exactly what they're gonna do. Like you know Harper's probably gonna hit between 250 and 280 and hit 30 something home runs, and you know Machado's gonna hit really well and play really good defense. But like all these prospects that haven't made their debut yet, like you don't know what's gonna happen. So it's really it's really difficult to just trade for prospects, especially ones that aren't like top three prospects like Vlad Jr. Like you can kind of tell already. Uh, that he's going to do well in the MLB, but these these guys who aren't even in the top 50, like it's going to be very difficult to trade your superstars for them. But we'll see. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that too. I mean, prospects aren't a guarantee. That's what I've always thought too. Um, but you know, I just think about it. This the Marlins have traded the past two MVPs. You could say three in Ozuna because he had an outstanding year that one year where he almost hit 40 home runs yeah. and he batted 280 and with all those RBIs. You know, you could say they've traded the last three MVPs. Yeah, and Real and, Mudo's always an MVP talks. And... Yeah, they probably the best catcher in the baseball right now. Yeah. And they traded all four of them away, but am I, I don't really think they're getting, like, anything yeah. back. Like, Lewis Brinson. Yeah. Like, he I would... He hit 100 last year. Yeah, I just, like, not saying that he's, like, not good. I mean, I think there's still a high ceiling, but... I don't know if they're rushing these guys to the major leagues because they just don't have the team right now yeah. or if they just, like, don't have it. Like, I really don't know. I mean, you've traded the past two MVPs, maybe four, if you're adding Ozuna and Real Muto, which are definitely all-stars. You know, Ozuna had a down year last year, but still. I mean, I don't know. What, I really don't know what to say, though. Yep. 
I mean, prospects, prospects, prospects. You know, they got Castro, but his contract ends in, I think, in two years. You know, I'm I'm sure he'll walk because the Marlins seem like they don't really want to pay any big money right now. So I know you, guess have, you just have to see if you're a Marlins fan. You know, I think the future's bright, I think, and they also just signed uh, Jorge Posada as a special advisor. So I know I really think the future's bright for them. But, you know, I don't see them being a, a contender soon, as Jeter said, like you said, that you saw that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to contend in the next coming years. I think it's going to be at least like another three or four years at least. Yeah. Um, so Bryce Harper, obviously probably a bigger free agent than Manny Machado, I would think. You know, had a little bit of a down year last year, obviously a former MVP, Nationals, uh, Nationals great, honestly, for only being there for six or seven years. Um, Padres and Giants, looking like the West Coast, you know, the Phillies, it sounds like have kind of, not kind of like totally withdrawn their contract offer, I think, but just kind of like stepped back a bit, and now it's kind of the Giants are taking the upper hand in this. Do you see this moving anywhere? I mean, I I, I said it earlier, I think Harper's going to re-sign with the Nationals next year, just because I feel like this offseason has just been so slow and like nothing really has been happening and he's getting uh, he's getting offers but he's clearly not getting the offers he wants because if so he'd be signed already uh, he's he's definitely asking for a lot more than uh, he should than he should get after his season last year so I think the best move for him would just be to sign like a one-year deal with nationals and uh, hopefully have a bounce back year and carryover is doing a uh, second half of last year where he hit like 300. Uh, if he could do that throughout next year, then he'll definitely get some offers that he really wants, and I think that would be the best move for him. Yeah, for sure. One thing that he said, though, John Heyman reported yesterday that Bryce Harper's not even considering short-term deals. Uh, he didn't want a one-year deal. He wanted a, he wanted like almost like a 10-year deal. He wanted to be a franchise player and them to build around him if they wanted to rebuild. That's what he wanted. He doesn't want to be somewhere for a year. Um, so you guess you just have to see. I don't personally, you know, I don't recall what I said last week on the podcast, but now with this Giants rumors, you know, I see him going to West Coast. I'm not saying he's going to the Giants, but, you know, he's from Las Vegas. His house is in Las Vegas. I don't see him going to the Nationals. I really don't. I think it's kind of fading away right now. You know, Maybe there's a possibility, but I don't really see it. I think he's going to the West Coast. That's where he wants to be. That's where his house is. He wants to be close to home with his family. I get that. Giants are there. Giants are rebuilding. Giants have a good team up and coming with their minor league system, too. Padres are saying that they're in the mix, too. Padres have an outstanding farm uh, farm system. Uh, you know, they got Tatis. They got Mackenzie Gore. You know, just outstanding. And they're just they're definitely going to be good, I think, in two years. You know, they just signed Hosmer last se- uh, last offseason. You know, I think they're making really good moves. They have Will Myers and stuff like that. So, I see Harper going to the West Coast, but yeah. you never know what happens in baseball these days. You know, there's still over 100 free agents in. Pitchers and catchers report today. Yeah. So, you know, I guess we'll just see how it goes. Um, Francisco Lindor, um, star player for the Indians, obviously. Um, strained calf, out for seven to eight weeks. Kind of weird. I don't know how he did it. If he was just walking, working, uh, just lifting. I don't know what he did. If he was, maybe he reported early and just strained it. Um, out seven to eight weeks, though. Do you think this impacts the Indian season, like in a big way? Absolutely. Like <clears throat> uh, injuries are always something that 
is a difficult thing to overcome in baseball. But what it comes from your star player, your short, your starting shortstop. Like, you know, hopefully he comes back and he's healthy again. But like, injuries, like, they're always uh, there's always repeat injuries, and so as soon as you get hurt, there's a much higher chance of you getting hurt again. So uh, this is definitely not something that Indians wanted to hear. Uh, they've been content. They've been really good the last few years, and they've. They're playing a really weak division, but they're going to really need Lindor if they want to uh, continue to compete. So hopefully he comes back and he's healthy throughout the whole season. Yeah, I think it's going to hurt them, but I don't think it's going to hurt them in the division that they're in. You know, obviously if they were in like an AL East or an AL West, I think they had no chance. I think their, se- I think their season's kind of like, I don't think it's over, but I think it, it has a, a lot of question marks around it if he's out for seven to eight weeks and they're in that division. But the division they're in, I still think they easily have it. You know, I don't really think anyone's competing in their division other than them this uh, this uh, upcoming season. But obviously he's a star player. He's a guy that you count on. He's a locker room guy. Everybody loves him, I hear, in the locker room. It's definitely a disappointment for Cleveland fans. But uh, new news, Indians' uh, ownership said that they're – least likely to trade Corey Kluber now. Do you like that, or do you think that they should just move on and go in this rebuilding thing? Because they kind of said that they were they might go in a rebuilding thing, they might not. They might trade Trevor Bauer, they might not. Trevor Bauer said, you guys aren't even going to be able to afford me in two years when I get to arbitration. So, yeah. you know, do you think that they should just, like, step away almost and start to rebuild, or do you like the move of them keeping him for at least another year? I mean, if Trevor Bauer's contract's up in two years. You have two years left with him, and if he can stay healthy and pitch like he did uh, before he got hurt last year, then he is going to be a good. He's going to be a really good person to count on. Uh, Kluber, you know, he's always a stud, and they play in such a bad division that I think they can always get away with it, uh, even if you don't have your whole lineup in. But you're going to need all these guys, and uh, if. Like, like I said, they win the division pretty much every year consistently just because it's not strong at all. So if they can, uh, like, why rebuild when you have a good thing going? It's one of those things. Like, if you're always winning the division, why go into a rebuilding? Like, just maybe, I think they're, like, one piece away from making it to the World Series again and winning, hopefully. So we'll see. Yeah, they were really close there in 2016, but, you know, the Cubs just uh, came up in front of them in the extra innings. So, yeah, that was kind of a disappointment, I think. But, yeah, I definitely think that they definitely have a chance to compete in the playoffs. You know, you always have the trade deadline. GMs, that's GMs' glory days. They always make the best trades, I think. That's really one of the more exciting times in baseball, I think, is the trade deadline every year. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that they have a easily a great chance to go far in the postseason with their team. But I do think with the Lindor out for seven to eight weeks, you know, that's just the estimated time, too. He could arrive earlier, could arrive later. I think it is going to hurt their season a little bit um so commissioner rob manford i don't know if he proposed it or if it was just like mlb's committee type of thing but they were proposing a rule change for a dh in both leagues do you like that i mean yeah especially as a pitcher uh like you love hitting but you don't love hitting 98 and uh it's gonna make like, it's going to make the game a lot safer for sure because uh, now, like, pitchers aren't going to be thrown at when they're hitting. You know, that always that's always an issue that the MLB's, MLB's had for years. And so I think that proposing a DH in both leagues is going to help fix that. 
Um, I, I really think it's just going to be better because now it has a lot more strategy in the games uh, because you don't have a guaranteed out pretty much every time through the order. Like That's just how it works. Like Starting pitchers, they have three guaranteed outs every, every game pretty much uh, just because the pitcher spot comes up and pitchers aren't trying to get hurt. So that's just how it is. So if you have a DH in there, they're usually one of the better hitters. So that's going to make the game a lot more tough for starting pitchers and relievers. Yeah, I totally agree with you with that. I Pitchers getting hurt, I think that kills organizations. You know, them getting thrown at something stupid, then they're out to six to eight weeks. Broken ribs, broken wrist, whatever. But I don't like it. I like watching uh, pitchers hit. I think it's fun. I like them, you know, sometimes it may be an easy out, but I like it. I think it's part of baseball. Being in the National League, I think that's just being a part of it. When you sign to play in the National League, I think that... You sign up for that if you're a pitcher. Like, you know, you know, I want to see my boy Bart keep hitting. <laughs> you know, I want to I think it I think it really entertains the fans. I think it's a great thing for baseball. You know, I think that kind of takes away from it a little bit if we don't get to laugh once in a while at these uh pitchers like swinging at balls that are 20 feet over their head cuz you know, they don't really practice it as much obviously as normal hitters. And they're not getting paid to swing the bat. So, you know, I think it's entertaining, but I guess you if you want to make it more competitive, obviously, the American League obviously has better hitters because they have DHs and stuff, so they sign more hitters, and the National League probably sort of signs a little bit better of the pitchers. I think that's how it's been kind of laid out the last couple years. But uh, I don't really like it, but I agree what you were saying, how they can get injured and it can lead up to bad things. Um, the next proposed rule change was if you, have to, if you bring in a pitcher, unless obviously if it was an injury, the pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters. Do you like that? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely one where, again, strategy comes into play a lot. Because, I mean, that's, that's really difficult because you have – and it's, I mean, it's going to speed up the pace of play, but that's not really what I'm talking about. It's, uh, you've got relievers that will come in now, and it will be lefty-righty, and they'll face a batter, and they'll get taken out, and then a righty will come in, and then uh, vice versa. And so, I mean, it, it gets really boring after a while. And you're not really seeing much, and like that's not very entertaining to watch. Just one pitcher come in, face one batter, throw probably two, three pitches, and then that's it. Like facing minimum of three batters, now that's gonna put a lot more strategy in, and uh, relievers are gonna have to get a lot more versatile. They can't just be uh, good at pitching to righties because the other team can always pinch hit a lefty then, and uh, you're gonna have to see a lot of pitchers step up their game at that point. Yeah. I- I don't like this rule either. <laughs> you know, I think the pitcher should. You, you want to. I think lefty specialists are kind of like a big part of the game. Like, if you want to put in Andrew Miller to face a lefty, like, more most likely at the time, you're probably going to strike out. But, you know, I think it's kind of the hitter's fault, too. You're getting paid millions of dollars. If you can't hit a lefty and you're this far up in the big leagues and you're like a star player and you just struggle against lefties, learn how to hit it. Stop complaining that we need minimum – a pitcher needs to face a minimum amount of hitters now because you can't hit the ball. Like, no. If he's really good at throwing strikes against lefties or righties, if he's really good at getting out lefties because he has a good slider, good curveball, really good at get righties uh, – good to get out lefties with a circle change tailing, no, so be it. It's part of baseball. You know, I don't really like the change. I don't know why they're even proposing these ideas. I think it's – I don't really like them. The next one's obviously expanding the roster of 26 players. I do like this idea. I think that sometimes 
you may need another arm for uh, the American League, National League. You may need another hitter, defensive guy, because you always have to pitch hit, uh, pitch hit uh, guys um, for the pitchers later in the games. So, you know, I do agree with that. You know, one more guy. Right now it's 25-man roster. I do agree with that. I do think it should be 26, having an extra guy in there instead of usually a double play, uh, uh, double header. That's the only time you get a 26-man yeah. roster. So I do agree with that that it should be 26 because I do think it would help the team in the long run. Um, but if it was a doubleheader, do you think they stay at 26 or do they go to 27 maybe? I mean, for a doubleheader, I bet they go to a 27 just because you're all, you're going to exhaust all your resources in those kind of games, especially if they're tight. Uh, and as the game's like, they have all these other rule changes where you face a minimum of three batters. Like, yeah, Games are going to get tight and they're going to be a lot more competitive. So uh, just proposing... Uh, 26-man roster, that will definitely help. And it will also be really good for the fans to see these uh, young guys come up that they wouldn't normally see. Uh, like last year, uh, the uh, not the, uh, the Braves had a doubleheader, and they called up uh, Tuki Toussaint to pitch against the Marlins in one of the games. And uh, he did really well, and that ended up being a big guy for them. And so that was always really cool to see for a fan's perspective, uh, just seeing him throw and uh, seeing him come back up later and do the stuff that he did. So. Yeah. Yeah, Tuki is gross. You know, I've actually gotten to see him personally up close in spring training when he played for the Rome Braves, I think they're called. He was down at Roger Dean uh, where the Jupiter Hammerheads play. You know, up close, it's gross as it looks on TV. That curveball is good. That fastball's electric. He's definitely a top prospect, and he has a very bright future if he can control all his pitches because he struggles with that a little bit. I know last year when he called it, got caught up to the MLB, he did very well. And, you know, that was something I expected. You know, he has a high ceiling, and I think that he's going to be very good one day. And he's going to be maybe a number two or maybe even an ace for a team. Um, so September call-ups, too, they're saying they may change this and propose this to only 28 players instead of 40. I like this idea, too. I think it should be a little bit higher than 28 because sometimes sometimes the guys get a little fatigued. You know, later in the season, last month, month of the season, uh, bullpen arms are kind of getting tired throwing. You know, they're probably already at 50 innings, some of them. You know, I think it should be somewhere around maybe 30, 32, but I do think 40 is a little bit way too much because 40 guys in the locker room, like, come on, that's a little unrealistic and that's not very needed. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, locker rooms getting crowded are always an issue, uh, but it's always still good to see uh, when you have all these guys up there. You can uh, you, you get a lot more exposure to from a fan's perspective to all these new young guys and uh, that's always that's always fun to watch as a fan and uh, everyone gets a chance and you never know like something could happen if a guy has to get called up with no experience then uh, you never know how he's going to do but if he gets a li- that little bit of experience early in the year or late in the year then he's uh, he's going to be fine and I think uh, I think that'll help them all out a lot yeah for sure Pitchers and catchers report, ladies and gentlemen. Baseball is back. The Super Bowl is over, and baseball's back. Very happy to say that. Really excited for this season. You know, I think this season's going to be really, really exciting for the fans and for the players and for the ownership. And just in baseball and all, I'm really excited for this season. Are you excited for just anything, like, specifically, like, just, like, kind of getting you hyped up a little bit that you heard something? I mean, I'm just excited for baseball to start, you know, uh, like, it's always fun uh, going to games, uh, especially like, like we live in South Florida, so we have Marlins Park, so it's air conditioned. 
So the fan experience is always great there, and you Thank can always God. get really cheap tickets. Um, <laughs> but it's always fun to watch games, and uh, you know I'm excited to see if uh, Degrom can repeat what he did last year. Uh, I want to see Scherzer throw electric again and see if he can win another Cy Young because those are uh, you can pretty much count on that always, and uh, that's always fun to watch. I want to see if Kershaw can bounce back a little bit. Uh, he struggled a little bit last year, and uh, there's always things that like stuff like that. Just seeing people uh, come up again is always going to be fun. So I'm really excited. So yeah, for sure, man. Everything that you basically just said, I don't obviously want to repeat that. Totally agree with you. Very excited for that. And I'm also really excited to Nationals. Their spring training complex is near my house up in Palm Beach. Um, really excited for that. You know, we got a lot of – we have the Astros with them. We got the Marlins and Cardinals. I'm very excited for that because my favorite pitcher is um, Max Scherzer. I think he's electric. I I love him. You know, everything that he does on the mound, you know, he's crazy. I love it. The way he pitches – He's electric, and he's a Hall of Famer. I don't care what anyone says. I love him, and I you know, I get to go up and watch him up close personally, watch him throw his bullpens, watch what he does behind the scenes, how he prepares himself. And, you know, I just love the fan inter- interaction there at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. I love it, um, and I'm really excited for that. I might go this weekend, and I really hope that I get to see him up close. So, yeah. But also breaking news, Austin just saw it on his phone. The Marlins did sign Sergio Romo, right-handed pitcher, relief pitcher. He was on the Rays last year. You know, a little bit of a hothead, I think. I'm not really a big fan of him, but do you think this is a good signing for the Marlins? I think it's really interesting because the Marlins have always struggled with starting pitching, and what the Rays pulled out last year is they had Romo as the opener for a lot of their uh, games. So I think that, uh, I don't know what the Marlins are thinking, obviously, but if he comes in and he starts doing an opener uh, for them, that might help them out a lot because they have guys in the back of their bullpen like Guerrero, Conley, all those guys. And uh, they can all they can all throw it, but if they have uh, Romo come in for an inning or two at the beginning as an opener, uh, that might open up a lot of doors for their pitching staff because they need someone who can start games better. Yeah, for sure. You know, I would think that'd be pretty cool. You know, I'm not against the opener. You know, it is what it is. I think it'd be pretty cool to go to a Marlins game and see it happen. But you know, I think this is a good signing for the Marlins. You know. A veteran guy, maybe a little bit of leadership in there because there's a lot of young guys. They keep trading for these prospects very young, not a lot of MLB experience. So I think this is it's a veteran guy with that maybe could bring a little bit of leadership. It's only a one-year deal, right, Austin? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that before. I think it was $2.5 million. So not a huge spending spree, obviously, but one year you could take a chance. Obviously, up or down year, re-sign him, whatever. Trade piece maybe later on for more prospects. <laughs> but, uh... You know, I think it's a great signing for the Marlins. You know, good for them. Um, well, that's all for the show this week. Thank you for listening, of course, and we'll see you next week. This was another edition of Major League Talk. Thank you. Or you'll be left in the dust Unless I stuck by you You're the sunflower You're the sunflower Every time I'm leaving on you You don't make it easy, no Wish I could Every time I'm walking out